0: the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, who's been kind enough to join us today. Mark, thank you for doing this, I appreciate it. For those who don't know, Mark, uh, you were in town today. You, you had an event over at
1: the Wrights Union. For those who don't know, tell us about that, why you were here. Well, uh, pre-COVID, Steve, I, I made a habit of being on campuses as many times a year as I could, and, and I'm finally now coming out of COVID, finally able to get back around the country. And uh, I, I was down here today. I met with the president and the athletic director. We went through your fantastic new football training facility. That was incredible. And then, and then we did a uh, we did an event at the student union where we uh, we had a session on the nature of name, image, and likeness. It, it was a particular focus with a group of students, a number of whom are for, former athletes, a few current athletes here at Florida. And uh, we had a really, really good discussion uh, with one of your faculty members, so it couldn't have, couldn't have been better. Really, really great questions from the students, a really uh, good frank discussion.
0: Just gonna ask you about that. What were some of the questions they asked? What was some of the feedback in the discussion like when you did that?
1: Well, look, first of all, I was trying to explain what the state of affairs is right now because it's confused to say the least. We've now got uh, 30 different states with different state laws that uh, overlap in some areas, conflict in others. Uh, we at the NCAA, the the association, which means the schools, are unable to put together a single set of national rules because of those state laws and similarly we've got a group of, uh, of judgments from uh, the court system that make it um, risky from an antitrust point of view to to be too aggressive, so we've got a a bit of a mess on our hands and we badly need Congress to help us out, and so I was talking to the students about that. Uh, They are mostly students in sports management programs and studying this area, so they they had questions about how to manage the conflicts, how to manage these complex collectives, how to uh, engage in um, the revenue producing activities of NIL, uh, how to try to maintain competitive fairness in this model? They were all really thoughtful uh, young men and women. Very, very impressive students. Mark,
0: if Congress does not step in, what's what's the alternative if that takes place?
1: Well, the the rules right now are uh, as as in, engaged as they can be in terms of how much restriction can be placed on individual schools with state laws like like Florida. Uh, and, and I just am afraid that if we can't get congressional agreement on what a single set of rules would be, uh, we're going to continue to see the, the growth of of inequities and the use of, of NIL for inducements rather than genuine uh, payments for name, image, and likeness. I, I want to be really clear, though, Steve, I am delighted that young men and young women uh, the athletes at a place like Florida and everywhere around the country are are having an opportunity to get to get funds through nil nil opportunities. It's it's great to see the creativity of some of them in a lot of these arrangements. It's great to see them being supported by communities. Uh, that all works really really well, and I'm I'm very happy about that. But on the other hand, the the system needs some guardrails. It needs some sensible guardrails. Uh, and absent those, I think it continues to. Uh, to uh, get engaged in areas where it shouldn't be, which is just outright inducements to bring students to a campus. Let me
0: flip a script here. Where do you see the future of college football going? Expansion, uh, I mean, the other day, a conference commissioner basically said, uh, we're pointing over there to go you know, expand. Where do you see the future of college football?
1: Well, I expect that we'll see more consolidation uh, the NCAA, of course, doesn't have anything to do with the configuration of conferences. That's the conference presidents themselves that make those choices. Uh, but I think we'll continue to see some level of consolidation among the the most elite football programs. Uh, the economics lead it that way. Uh, I, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I think it's going to be more competitive among the conferences in, in trying to lure schools away uh, it's anything but collegial right now. In fact, you see, as you pointed out, you see comments like that that are pretty blatantly threatening, and and um, we need the conferences, the conference commissioners, the school presidents to to cooperate and be collegial for setting national policies and not be at each other's throats, and we need some of this to calm down. Uh, you,
0: NIL is certainly out there, Mark, but from where you sit as the NCA president, What are some other issues that are at your forefront that you want to see either changed or, uh, you know, discussed more?
1: Well, we've certainly got to have more sanity around all of the transfer policies right now. So allowing uh, students in the five sports that were previously prohibited, football, men's, women's basketball, baseball, softball, allowing those athletes to transfer once without penalty makes Good sense, and I think it was a wise decision to change that rule, and I'm glad the schools did. Um, but we, when you combine in with that, the the NIL environment, where uh, some of these collectives are potentially just doing blatant inducements to encourage someone to transfer, it it makes it makes it very hard for a coach to build a team, to to develop a young man or a young woman to. Uh, to have any sense that they are building a team rather than just collecting a roster, I think that's a fundamental problem that we've got to resolve. I think also we've got to really focus on where we're going with the the level of and the volume of competition for for college athletes if you If you look at the the a twelve team c f p playoff which I sport by the way, I think that's a great a great place to be. Uh, the teams that are going to finish that season in the last game. They're going to play a, a lot of football and These are young men that are still growing and developing um, Their students they've got exams in in December Figuring out a schedule that gives them enough rest and rehab time and doesn't put them at risk is going to be a big challenge
0: um, Like any organization mark the NCAA had its critics so as you look at the future of the NCAA, what its role is. Where do you see that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we've had our share of critics. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a very polite thing to say, Steve. <laughs> yeah, of course we've had our critics. Look, the the association is responsible for for two sometimes contradictory things. Uh on, on the one hand, the NCA, and, and remember that the, the rules, all the rules that people, whether they love them or hate them, they're not made by anybody who works for the NCA. Those rules are made by the schools and the association office. My office brings all those schools together, and they're the ones that sit down, kind of like Congress, for, <laughs> for better and for worse, kind of like Congress. They sit down and they decide on what the rules are and 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 though the national office uh we we do two things one is we run 90 national championships the most famous of course being march madness and and that is this wonderful celebration of college sports right it's everything we love about college sports it's it's the best and then on the other hand we're also uh, given the task of enforcing the rules that the schools have put in place, and nobody likes that. Everybody hates that because it means you're, you're telling somebody they're not playing by the rules, and they got to shape up and behave themselves. So, uh, the people in general really love the the championship side of it, and they generally really don't like the enforcement side of it. Uh, I I want uh, in my remaining time as president to to try and sort those two things out, so we can place as much emphasis as we possibly can on championship side that celebratory side the component that everybody loves uh, that we place as much emphasis as we can on helping uh, our athletes be successful as students uh, and and athletes and keeping them healthy and safety safety excuse me healthy and safe and send them out into the world uh, ready to take on their next challenge
0: um, true or false here you I mean look there's a there's a section of fans that think everybody cheats, just a matter of getting caught. The NCA won't enforce. Are there less people now, Mark, in enforcement than there used to be that that look and and try to decide these things?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's not true at all. But what has occurred is, you know, as the as the stakes in college sports have risen, um, the the system that was put in place twenty, thirty, forty years ago. Uh, was one for um, mutual collegial agreement that that when someone is acu- a campus is accused of wrongdoing, then the school is a partner in helping find a resolution of that problem, what really happened what didn 't happen and and then you you had another group called Committee on infractions, which is sort of a jury if you will they look at all the facts and they decided that works pretty darn well when people are being collegial and cooperative. It doesn't work very well at all when everybody's at each other's throats. And increasingly, uh, it's probably a societal issue as much as anything, increasingly people are at each other's throats and the, uh, the process becomes drug out, it becomes harder, people are less forthcoming with the facts. The NCA doesn't have subpoena power. If somebody doesn't want to give us some information, we can't force them to give it to us. And So if they're not cooperative, then it becomes very, very hard. So we we have a lot of people in enforcement. We have a lot of people doing their jobs. They work very hard. They're very good people. They want to resolve things fairly and equitably. uh, But it's just becoming more difficult.
0: Can he stay one more segment? Is that okay? Okay. All right. Well, We'll do one more. 1228 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Guys, hello. Okay, we're going to take a break, come back. More with the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Our pleasure to have live in the studio the NCA president, Mark Emmert. He will be with us for one more segment. Mark, I know we just talked about this off air. Uh, your tenure is going to end for sure on June 30th. Have you had a chance to sort of, you know, look back and, you know, see some of the things that have happened and some of the things you've done as the president? <laughs>
1: Well, not as much as I'd probably li- like yet, Steve, but uh, I'm still looking forward as we work through a lot of issues this fall. I will be uh, replaced as soon as they hire a new president or June 30th, whichever comes first, and the board is out in the marketplace or about to be in the marketplace looking for a new president, and that's, that's exciting. Uh, in terms of looking backward, uh, it's it's actually pretty... Closely tied with what we're trying to do right now, and that is just focus on these athletes. Make sure that we're doing everything we can to be supportive of them. And I'm, I'm proud of where we've come over the past 12 years. If I, I earlier today was walking through your uh, amazing new football facility and was looking at uh, the, the the dining hall that was in there and and the uh, uh, the snack station, their nutrition station, I guess they call it. And all of the food and support that's there. And you know, as as bizarre as it seems, when I started this job in twenty ten, much of that wasn't allowed, right? You had these absurd rules about what you could and couldn't do with food. You had the this <laughs> crazy standard where you could you could provide snacks all day long and a bagel was a snack, but if you put peanut butter on it now it's a meal and you couldn't do that. I mean that's and so <laughs> We now have schools competing over who can provide the best nutrition. Well, what a good thing that is, but people were opposed to it way back when we We had rules that prohibited that that banned schools from offering multi year scholarships, which is absurd. We had no uh, We had no full cost of attendance to provide students with support for all the miscellaneous expenses we didn 't have summer tuition support like we have now, and uh, all of that 's resulted in much healthier student athletes, much better medical care physical care, um, much better graduation rates, graduation rates of student athletes have gone up pretty much every year that i've I've been in office because um, we've been producing some policies that allow schools to do more for them so the, the legacy to me is that you know have we have we improved uh, the the opportunities and the support for athletes and the success that they're seeing on and off the field and in the classroom and out? And the answer is unequivocally yes.
0: Sometimes if a school is uh, sanctioned or uh, they get sent the letter by the NCAA, it seems it takes at times a very long time to adjudicate something. Is there is that just a case-by-case basis?
1: It takes forever sometimes. It's so frustrating and and like everybody i see the the outcome sometimes uh of that where you you have the committee on infractions that which is the group that actually renders a judgment you know pass a sentence if you will they make the right decision about uh some party's guilt and they wind up imposing a postseason ban for example or reduce scholarships well it's on it's often on kids that had nothing to do with this right so you're you're punishing the innocent, if you will. I I hate that as much as anybody does. The The difficulty is, again, as we were saying beforehand, the processes right now, and this just, there was just a, some changes just literally a week ago on all this that the board approved, but the the processes allow for so many appeals and so much deliberation and adjudication that back when this was a collegial cooperative process it worked fine but now that it's at more adversarial it gets drawn out and drawn out and drawn out just like we see in our court system in the u.s right now so just last week in fact the the division one board passed a new policy that will that will shorten up some of that time frame a lot and will uh, hopefully get some of these decisions rendered in a much uh, much faster pace than we see right now and I really one of the things I hope I can impact before I'm done is I I really would love to find more effective ways of um, passing judgment and and sanctioning wrongdoers because you want to do that it's not fair to the to the schools that are playing by the rules to let them get away with it but to you know hand down punishments that don't uh that don't impact the innocent cuz that's way too often the student athletes um in this
0: You know, there's a lot of talk um, on the football side of, you know, maybe student-athletes forming a union, uh, that they become employees. Um, That seemed far-fetched five years ago. To me, it doesn't seem so far-fetched now. Your thoughts on that?
1: I can tell you what I think makes sense. First of all, I think it makes great sense to recognize the effort of uh, college athletes that is used to build the brand of a school, right? So I ran LSU, I know what it meant when we won a championship at LSU. I know what it meant when I was at Washington, I was at the University of Connecticut when we won our first basketball championship. The impact that success has on the school overall is, is profound in recruiting students and recruiting professors and you know building the community around the university that's one of the many reasons that that schools do this right it's you know it's not they don't they don't run sports cuz it's philanthropic they do it because they think there's some benefit to the athletes and some benefit to the school so finding a way to recognize probably through name image and likeness support the the brand ambassador role if you will that athletes play for the school makes really good sense to me. So let me give you an example. So okay. you could say, look, at at this university, in this particular conference, we know, because you can measure these things um, just by looking at marketing outcomes, we know that these athletes have um, over the five years in the, on the football team really, really promoted this school hard. So what if we said we're going to reward the not make them employees but reward their name image and likeness use that they that they contributed to the school um just like they were doing a car sponsorship or any other sponsorship deal and we're going to going to be allowed to give the team i'm making numbers up here in uh, sure. a, a million dollars maybe it's 10 i don't know but whatever the right number is and then the school has the ability to spread that among those kids who have been part of that that effort it 's going to vary from campus to campus, vary from program to program obviously some some sports are much more visible than others and but you could do that I think that that I think would be fair there 's a lot of complexity in it, I know, but that 's doable. Turning athletes college athletes into employees is an inherently bad idea and the reason is because you can't just turn some of them into employees they have to all be employees it's not about which ones make money it's about employment law so if the football teams an employee so's the golf team and and you wind up having to have employment policies state level employment policies or federal level employment policies that govern all of sport then so you don't recruit kids you hire them you don't you don't take you know you don't cut them you you fire them they don't perform. Uh, Title IX doesn't apply anymore because Title IX is about education. If they're employees, they're not—they're edu- you know, not students now. They're employees, so Title IX doesn't apply. There's a whole host of reasons why it doesn't make sense, and then having them being unionized. Well, you got some union states and you got some right-to-work states, and some are private. Would be private employees. Some would be state employees. It—it it, it just is unworkable. But that doesn't mean there's not an economic interest that they have.
0: It's been a pleasure to have you here. I hope you enjoyed your stay. Very, very much so. hope today was good in uh, doing the NIL Talk. So thank you very much, and thank you for taking the time.
1: Good to be with you. That good. is
0: the NCA president, Mark Emmert.